welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs about clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. This is part three of our conversation with Lucy Butler. Lucy is a special ed teacher who, at the start of the 2021-2022 school year, was given the assignment of working with all the students in her high school who had failed ninth grade the previous year. Last week, Lucy talked about empowering her students by giving them more choice. She taught them how to write SMART goals for themselves. Lucy ended last time with a powerful statement about where resiliency comes from. That's where we'll pick up as we begin part three of our conversation. Yeah, so what I saw, I mean, and I, I literally, this is just an observation, is the, the kids who demonstrated the most resilience and, and the most motivation and, and grit, to use that ed term, were not the ones that we were applying the aversives to and then saying, like, this is going to make them tough and prepare them for hard things. It was the ones who were experiencing success and desperately wanted to keep experiencing the success, you know, the ones who had that belief that I can get it and I want more. That's where, that's the origin of their resilience. And, and like, you know, we think about our learners, if you change the reinforcement schedule on them suddenly and pull all those reinforcers away that you'll see a shutdown, right? It's, it's similar like that. Like if, if the ones that I was really protecting and being really careful to make sure that, you know, we keep them feeling the success, those were the ones who could, who could stay with it. I'm thinking of my three-peater. I mean, she really had some significant obstacles, you know, the attendance things, a couple of them that just were totally out of her control. And I, I think of her as a really vulnerable learner, but because she was, you know, had she had had a, enough success at the beginning of the year, she just wanted more of that. So she just kept trying. And every time I kept pointing that out to her too, I was reinforcing that you keep showing up, you keep trying. And that is just, you know, that's more important than any of these grades yeah. or any of these other skills. That's the most important skill. So even reinforcing, you know, her, her ability to keep coming back, she was coming back for that you know, and and helping her find that well, I guess. I I have Um, seen that so often with the horses, you know, in terms of handler success, that it's persistence. mm -hmm. You keep coming back. You keep, you know, you keep working away at it. I certainly know for myself that persistence is one of the central pillars of success. But you've got to have some belief that, that, you have to have had a taste of yes. success. And, and I would say more than a taste, you have to be familiar with it and, you know, feel like it's, it's, it, it's part of your experience and your repertoire. Because I, my kids, when I started were kids that their relationship with school was not yeah. that they didn't want to be there. They, you know, this is not a fun place to be. This is just sad, right. <laughs> stressful, <laughs> not fun place to be. A lot of them only came because the one reinforcer was social. You know, it's I get to see my yeah. friends. So there was one reinforcer that they were seeking out in, in school. And they were fed in the morning. They got a meal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And we feed yeah. them. 
So you, yeah. in the last time we talked, and I don't know whether you want to talk about this or not, but the last time mm -hmm. that the two of us talked together was right after the Uvalde shooting. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. As a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, you know, again, a lot of the messaging about education and teachers this year, um, I get a lot of like on my Facebook feed, for example, I get a lot of stuff that's ed related and it was so negative. And then this was like, just to add insult to injury for a very difficult year for educators trying to do whatever it was this year where we were coming back from COVID and all the stuff going on around curriculum across the country. And then to have Evalde happen was just, you know, I sat in the staff room and had lunch over the course of that following week with teachers talking about our different ways we think about violence in the school and how we, I was telling Alex, I do this myself too. Like in my classroom, there's one means of egress and then one means like literally out of the building. But, you know, what we're taught to do is like huddle in place if a gunman were to come in and you're literally, you walk through the room and think, okay, like where are we going to huddle to prepare to be like shot, you know? <laughs> and I spend time thinking about, well, if I got myself, I have um, like desks built into the wall that run up against the door. If I got myself up on the desk and someone were to come into the room, could I kick or could I have a chair in my hand? Like, how would I be prepared to physically protect my students from, you know, a gunman? Um, or how would I safely flee with them? Which by the way, we're, we're in my particular school, we're taught not to flee. We're taught, taught to stay. In some places you're taught to flee and, you know, some of the conversation we had um, in the staff lounge was, well, we're all going to run, even though we're not told to do that. Like it's, it's, it's just, it's just a lot for, for people to be. And to be, have to, A, to have to think about that at yeah. all. And I'm saying this right now. And as I'm saying this to you guys, I'm thinking it's really insane that I don't even think about how insane it yeah. is that I, that I spend part of my job as a teacher is thinking about how am I prepared to put my body between, you know, a, a shooter and my kids, you know, and, and, or what would I, how would I help them escape, you know, that kind of violent situation. And if they told you, well, teachers should be armed, what, you're laughing. My students had, I'm laughing because my students were hilarious because they brought, one of them brought it up and they said, miss, no. <laughs> they were like, have you ever seen a teacher get upset in your classroom? I don't want that teacher coming in with a gun. <laughs> it was terrible, but they were, they were really, the kids were really, did not think that was a good idea at all. But yeah, no, I, you know, on top of, uh, on top of everything, teaching teachers how to yeah, yeah. Know, it's just not my not my skill set. But you know, I, I don't know how much, you know, because there's almost one of these gun events now every day, I think. Yeah. And I don't know how yes, many of these gunmen, because I think most of them are men. I have never heard of a woman doing that. But, yeah. Um, but um I don't know how many of them are coming back for revenge in school. But certainly what you're doing is very helpful, yeah. I think, for the kids not becoming 
yes. very mad at school and wanting revenge against yeah. others and teachers. And that's, that's what you need to do. I had that thought actually after Alex and I talked last time about, you know, here I, I think about all the ways, what could I do? What is my strategy if this were to happen? And then it occurred to me, well, what I'm doing in the classroom, that's the very best strategy yes. is helping people to feel successful, to feel like they have choice and to feel that they belong. That's, that's the best I can do every day. So in terms of arming me and teaching me how to use yeah. a weapon, no, I think I'll just do yeah, this. Because <laughs> that's the best weapon I've got. <laughs> because really what you are doing is inoculating these students. Because when we hear about these mass shooters, we hear that they feel isolated, that they gravitate through social media to groups where they feel as though they belong. So they're searching for that feeling of belonging. They're searching mm -hmm. for a feeling of being successful within that group ethos. And so you are mm -hmm. inoculating them. This is, this is why this, you know, yes, there are all these connections to the horse training, just, um, you know, the body in the building, body in the barn. Uh, yes, there are those connections back to the horse training. And this is a podcast about horse training. And when we see in the clicker training, we see these very shut down horses who we begin to introduce to positive reinforcement training and they look different. Their eyes sparkle. They're, they're just, they're different horses. Well, not just that, Alex. I think that because, you know, before we were talking about um, you know, if you have the belief that punishment is the way to go. But what we see when, when you start clicker training enough horses and you start building knowledge, what you see is where before was something that was not functional becomes functional. Yes. And I mean, it's a great dysfunction, yeah. you know, these, these, this, these mass, uh, these, these cunning events is, you know, it's, a, it's an expression of, you know, extreme dysfunction. And what you're doing, Lucy, is helping these kids become more functional and, and, and yeah. gear them away from dysfunction. And, and I know, for, you know, because you were saying I may have some, I'm just coming back a little bit to what we were talking about, that you may have some pushback from, you know, other practitioners, but in the long run, when you see a lot of horses and, and, and animals, how all the things that were not possible before that become possible, there's a point where you know, it's so strong, the feeling that this is the right way. This is how I feel anyway, you know, more and more now, yeah. you know, I just see people walking their dogs and the dogs are not functional, you know, because they're, they're, they're asking too much too soon. And it's so obvious to me, you know, that this dog could be so functional. He could, yeah. he could be a super good dog. It's just that. Um, and, and you know, that almost not all subjects you know but we know that there's a point where maybe the investment of time may be too too great but in so many cases it's almost like we we don't need anymore the validation although I love the validation you know every time science comes and validates 
what my belief system is, but I'm, I'm at a point now <laughs> in my life where I've seen enough of the results that I know so profoundly now that this is the way, you know, that this is, yeah. if, if you want to steer away from dysfunction, if you want a subject to become more functional, I mean, this is the best way. This is it. Yeah. I totally agree. And so this podcast that is presumably about horses, and here we are talking about school, but we're, but it's all the same thing. It is. And that you are inoculating these students against a dysfunctional future, a violent existence, that you're giving them the pillar of belonging, of feeling mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. You can see the change in them, the, that sparkle coming back. And it's, uh, it's such an important thing to be doing because we see, we see in the headlines the failures. Yep. And what we really want to, to recognize is that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And, and the, the role the environment is playing in it, I guess, is, is, you know, super important is that our, like you were saying earlier, Alex, about we can prepare kids for a different type of future and a different type of world if they have a different kind of mindset, different view, if they have a different relationship to themselves. So much of what we do in, in education is we're, you know, really important in how kids develop their relationship with themselves and their relationship with their communities, you know, with yes. others. And so we do have the possible, you know, the power to actually create transformation in that. Um, it's a system. And so I have this little tiny one classroom that may, you know, and if you think of like the spiral in a system and how when you make a change, the trajectory, you know, this isn't linear, yes, yes. <laughs> the trajectory can go and become exponential. Um, so I imagine what would this be like if we, instead of, again, arming teachers, <laughs> yeah. um, which again is really linear thinking too, mm -hmm. like if this, then that, instead of understanding all this complexity that comes together, all these pieces that come together and that, and that it's like kind of in motion, you know? So if we start changing the environment in, in other ways. And building the, the repertoire, because if the only way you know how to buy yourself right. a nice pair of running shoes is to go steal them because no one has showed you, or you don't even know how to apply for a job, because when you see the, the yeah. form to apply for the job, you don't know what to do with it. You don't know how to write it. So the only thing that you know is to right. go and uh, steal them in a store. Whereas one day, maybe some Lucy, some miss in a class will show you that you can <laughs> do this. You can write the form. You can go and apply for it. a job. Yeah. And then you can get promotion. And there are other ways to go by a pair of nice running shoes. There are other ways. Yeah. What's interesting is you're breaking generational mm. cycles because so many of these students come from challenging mm. families. Yes, they do. But yeah. you haven't gone in and done family counseling. You haven't gone to, the, to their homes and changed their homes. You've just had mm. 45 minutes first thing in the morning where you have celebrated success. But you know what, Alex, you tell us train where you can, 
Yeah. And start by building the components. That's right. That's what Lucy's doing. Yeah. You know, you're building a repertoire. You're building repertoire. That's all. That's all it is. <laughs> you're building. You're, you're giving them components. Yeah. And they're, they're yet in, they are in that 45 minute safe class. And then they can export it at some point, yeah. you know, generalize it, like you said, to other environments, yeah. and they'll yeah. have more of the, the repertoire. It's, it's, it's funny how when you start doing this kind of, you know, you, when you start seeing things like that, you see it everywhere. Yes. It's, it's all behavior, right? Yep. <laughs> Everything is. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. True. It's yeah. all behavior. And it's, yeah. it's a wonderful collaboration and, and a, you know, all these threads that come together. And then it shows us that it is possible yeah, to change the trajectory for these individuals. Yeah. And, and Dominique, to your point about you get to a place where you just, you can't not see it in, in a, for, through a behavioral lens. And, and I, that really resonated for me when you were saying that, like this year has been phenomenal and in increasing my confidence in all of this, whether it's in the classroom, because there's plenty of folks like outside of my special ed colleagues who I think maybe special educators are particularly attuned in a certain way, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a certain type of individual or somebody who's had personal experience with folks who've struggled or relatives or something that get called to that profession. So, you know, within that little world, but like some of my colleagues in the general content area are, you know, like <laughs> a little dismissive of what I'm doing. And I've had that experience in the, in the horse world too. And man, when I first started in the horse world, it was like, you know, oh God, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm taking my pouch. And <laughs> I went to a clinic in, oh, it was right at the end of the school year. And it was with a clinician who um, used lots of negative reinforcement, like like we're gonna teach the horse to back up by just bam, 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 bam with the with a whip. And I, I was like, I, I went with my riding buddy, really wanted to go. And one of the reasons we wanted to go is they had a bunch of um, the big obs trail obstacles that like we aren't gonna get to to use anywhere. They had a, a seesaw oh, okay. and okay. the big mountain things okay, yeah. and they just had all kinds of stuff and bridges and stuff and so we wanted to go and I just was like I'm going in full clicker mode <laughs> I had two pouches I brought I've I was using blueberries I looked like I was there with a toddler because I had Tupperwares of different reinforcers and I just it was so funny the clinician just stayed away from me I just said I'm a clicker trainer and <laughs> you know he said well how do you stop, stop your horse so of course I just you know did stop and I went into grown-ups and I dropped through the lead over her neck how do you back her up I just started to turn I didn't even have the lead and she just backed up and he was like okay and I just went through the clinic good for Rowan yeah and I'm but I watched like a whole thing go down with the horse who was afraid to step up on a uh you know a step up box thing and I'm standing there thinking in my mind, like, well, first I would just start with a piece of plywood on the ground. I'm thinking of all the different yeah. component pieces and the ways you could back it up. Mm -hmm. And it got dangerous, really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I was really heartbroken for this horse, but I, I, was, I was proud of myself. I was able to stand there in my space, do what I do, not be affected by this other methodology and this other approach. And I don't care what he thought of how I was, 
how I was handling my horse. And it was, it was great for me because I felt like I can go into, that was kind of like the belly of the beast yes. in terms of horse training environments. And I was able to completely maintain my safe space for my horse. I mean, it probably wasn't great. She was seeing, and it wasn't great for the other horse, seeing this horse, this horse is going to be terrified for the rest of his life, I'm sure, of boxes on the ground now. Yeah, whereas your horse will think it's the funniest thing in the world. Just like make school fun again. Oh, we we had, she, she was amazing. She mm. was amazing on all these obstacles. You know, she did the in in 10 minutes we were up and down the teeter-totter with it rocking and she figured out on the pedestals she figured out it was so fun too you know to she got her front feet on and I'm asking her to stay with her front feet and she's like hmm what do I do with my back feet so even a little lift I'm just clicking mm. for a little lift of mm. the back foot she figured it out she got herself standing first on the four foot then the three foot square pedestal she did every obstacle wow. in there it was great but that must have had some interest for the other, some other <laughs> participants there. They must thought, mm, I, I like that way more than, can I have a few blueberries? Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. we were smiling and having fun and there were no whips involved. And my extra prop was I've been using scratches as a secondary reinforcer oh. and I have those grooming gloves. Oh. So I, I looked like, I was like full on <laughs> clicker crazy because I had my, my pouches, my Tupperware is in my bag and one scratchy <laughs> glove on. And I was like, you know, reinforcing with scratches and um, just doing my thing. But, but talk you know, about example, non-example. Wow, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Which would you rather be doing right yeah. now, you know, dealing with a really upset, you know, really freaked out horse who's only getting more and yeah. more. No one gets into horses to go through that. That's not what you're dreaming of when you get into horses. No, it looks awful. And it's it's a hard situation to mm. be a witness to because mm. it's sort of like watching a, a child in a grocery mm. store being spanked. You know, at, at what point yeah. do you yeah. say, I need to, I mm. need to intervene? And yes. at what point yeah. do I need to, to just not say anything? It's a very oh, difficult yeah. position mm -hmm. to be in. Yeah, it was it was heart wrenching because I was just standing there watching. Mm. First of all, thinking this is getting dangerous. Yeah. This horse is getting so upset and backing up and backing into things, and somebody's yeah. going to get hurt, yeah. person or horse. And like whatever possibility this horse would have to step on that object mm. is just rapidly decreasing. Like the the chances of actually building the skill are, you know, yeah. going out, you know, out the window very quickly and yeah it was it was it was uh distressing to watch and and you're right alex it's like at what point do you speak up and say hey can we not yeah. <laughs> like or or can I, I i'm not ever gonna you know go back and and uh it was kind of an unusual circumstance anyway it wasn't something i would normally do but again i was sort of accompanying a friend and there were other reasons and she didn't use a whip either, but, but you, you know, you do think, well, and I also don't want to give this person my money either. Cause yeah, no, now they're going exactly. to continue to, no. to, to do this and show people who, who are just there to try to learn, but they're learning to like hit right. their horse repeatedly and try to bully it onto mm. something. It's afraid yeah. of like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> and when you're, when you are new to 
horses. Mm -hmm. You trust in the experts. You trust that yeah. people who are telling you that you need to, you know, set boundaries, get tougher, etc., are know what they're talking about. Right. And you know, my clinics are full of people who've been through that experience and have come away saying that that is you know, that's not the road I want to go down. What was it you said yeah. before? You said we're running the race from behind. You know, when you get a horse like that, eventually. Mm -hmm. Just like that one I saw. Somebody, somebody's going to get that horse someday and come up to, I don't know, some a trailer. trail or a trailer and try to get them to step up if it was a, you know. A, a... That's the horse that you see that flips over their back. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was, it was getting really um, terrifying. And this is in part why when I introduce backing is one of the foundation lessons. I teach backing in a square because so many yep. horses have learned to back themselves towards things that are dangerous. Because when, when a horse backs towards sharp implements, um, steep drop-offs, uh, busy traffic, the handler backs off. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the horse learns that the way to get this handler to stop attacking them oh. is to back towards something dangerous. Objects. Objects, yeah. But if you can steer the horse, you can break that cycle and, and wow. regain backing, especially given the way that we teach it. You can regain backing as an important, useful, joyful behavior. Well, I, I always assumed my horse Rowan had had backing applied as a punishment because she really, you know, didn't yeah. like to back. And we had been working on that backing in a square, and it was pretty dramatic when she started to finally relax and back up as like, oh, we love yeah. to back, you know, it's a fun thing. But I saw that in that clinic. So this trainer's approach was if the horse was barging into your space or not doing what you wanted, you took a crop or a whip and you would back, 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 back and hit them. And the other thing the horse was doing was inverting like yes. crazy. The head, because Rowan does this, it's very habitual. It's in her, it's now part of her body movement, you know, pattern. And, and that's why multiple mats and backing yep. in the square are so helpful is trying to give her new ways of moving. But I was just watching that horse, not only backing into objects around the ring, out of fear but also just the, the inverted yes. banana thing going on going ah stop <laughs> you know stop making that um habitual for that for that horse stop digging training holes yes yeah. <laughs> that that somebody's gonna get this yeah. horse and go hmm yeah. <laughs> what what is that so some, somebody's yeah. going to get that horse and then you got the uh ninth grade the repeaters <laughs> and what you showed is that that path of failure does not have to be the only path that that child can walk right. down, which is just so exciting. Yes. And that, that constructional point of view is that, you know, we can talk about all these kind of pathological situations and, and we can sort of see them when they come up. But then for me learning to have that become the reflexive response, which is what is the constructional approach yes. to this? We just need to create a new pattern we just need to create a new behavior for the student so what's that behavior going to look yeah. like and how can we start fresh 
it makes me think of um, Michaela's work with Goldia. Just um, the yep. blondie, sorry. I just love the um, teaching the bridal yes. through the use of that jack. You the, know that jack yes, toy. the various toys and, and just transferring yeah, yeah. the skill to taking the yep. bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's so elegant, and you know the horse just thinks, "Oh, this is fun. Yep. Oh, this is fun. This is fun too. Oh, more yeah. fun." <laughs> yeah. And, and then before you know it, you're in a totally different space. Yeah, and teaching teaching lunging by using mats and cones, uh, you know, and and the horse when you start out and you're just you just have a whole collection of mats in your paddock, and the horse goes from one mat to another mat to another mat. It doesn't look anything like lunging. The horse isn't thinking, oh, that lunging thing. You know, I, I hate lunging. that yeah, line. I hate lunging. <laughs> yeah. Chase me around in a circle with a whip, and I just, oh, I hate lunging. The horse isn't yeah. thinking about lunging at all. And, and you just, by small step by small step, begin to incrementally change the, the setup. And now you've got cones in addition to the mats and the horses going from mat to mat around the cones. And then you're uh, moving cones, you're moving mats. And before you know it, you've got a horse who is moving around you on a circle, lunging. Very cool. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Completely different. Yep. And it's the sneaky, sneaky training. training. Exactly. <laughs> sneaky teaching. Exactly. Sneaky training, <laughs> sneaky teaching. It's uh, it's just really fun. And then lots and lots and lots of laughter. So next year, you're going to be both teaching the kids, but teaching the teachers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. What are you hoping for at the end of that year? Well, I think in terms of teaching the kids again, I feel like I want to take everything I learned and just, you know, now I have the luxury of being a little more efficient with it because I sort of have a structure in place. So I'm really excited to hit the ground running with the, the students that yep. I get. And I don't know who I'll get. I I'm really have my fingers crossed that they'll have me with the ninth grade repeaters again, and I'll get to do that. But it doesn't matter, you know, all of my kids, I can use that structure. So that's exciting. With the adult learners, I guess it'll be similar in that some of the principles will still, you know, be really important, starting where each adult learner is, where they are, and thinking about how to break things down for them. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm imagining, because, because I know that when I started with this year, I was like, oh, what are my right. reinforcers? Stickers and candy. I, I'm sure I'm gonna start in a similar situation with, it's like my initial instincts are gonna be a little bit, um, they're gonna lack some of the complexity and nuance. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'll just show them what I did, right? Okay. So that's kind of where I'm starting, but I, I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to evolve and it's going to unfold. So I, I can't even begin to picture what that would look like now, but I imagine if I stick to the, to the principles and we you know, start where everyone is and we celebrate success and we fold in choice and belonging, we're going to have fun and we're going to have a really rich mm. sense of community, yeah. you know, as, as a department, which, you know, it will be amazing because COVID was so destructive in some ways to that sense of, uh, you know, community among the colleagues because we couldn't really see each other, or spend time together or anything. So just having that develop among mm -hmm. all of us who are trying to do this, 
you know, and then I'm sure I'll get to see the teachers have success with the kids. And then that's mm-hmm. going to be like a double reinforcer seeing the success ripple out. So yeah, I think, I feel like I get to benefit the most from this. <laughs> it's terrible because I get to sit there and be like, the kids are successful, the teachers are successful. This is so fun. So I imagine that I'm going to have a really good year <laughs> next year. <laughs> um, no, I, I just, I think maybe that would be the big thing is, is like seeing, if I get to see the teachers experience mm-hmm. their students having success and to see them experiencing reinforcers, because one of the things I think we said it when we talked last time, and I haven't mentioned it yet this time, but, you know, there's, there's not a lot of reinforcers for adults, Mm -hmm. educational professionals, I think there's a lot of aversives in school settings and in those environments. And so seeing some of these folks who, who talk about resilience, show up every day, try so hard for their kids, and you know, give so much to see them start to be able to chop with the right side of the axe and make some progress is going to be mm. so gratifying. So, so that's my hope. My hope is that we can mm. and, and find their own way to do that yeah. too. So. so we will plan on yeah. getting together again next uh, December as you get yes, yeah. as you get midway <laughs> through the school year, and then. We'll want the end of the year report and because you're going to have some amazing discoveries. Yeah, how exciting, right? <laughs> so cool. Well, who knows, you know, where this is going to go. I mean, this could go far. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's exciting to be yeah. on the journey. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you for sharing. Because I I think I think it's important. This is important to share. Well, thank you for yeah. having me back. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a it's very helpful for me and it's reinforcing to share it with everybody. And I always, you know, Alex, I told you last time we talked, I'm just so forever grateful for the connection that you know was made. That first of all, all the learning that I get to do with you, you yeah. know, because it all still applies. Yes. I'm constantly cross-pollinating in my mind when I go from one environment to the other, but also the connection to to Claire and Catherine and Stephanie, because it, it is definitely not done in a vacuum no. by any stretch of the imagination. And um, what a what an amazing just confluence, you know, it's so cool yeah. and coming to so many other individuals' benefits. Yeah. So, so a huge, so thank huge you. shout out to the three of them that they stepped <laughs> yeah. in and and did this with you well certainly Alex you've I mean you've in a way you've been through a very similar process in the past 20 years you know and when when we were talking before about making assumptions about what the learner knows you're the master at not (laughs) making assumptions I mean you're you're um, online um, clinic right now you make no assumptions about anything. You go through everything, you explain every, I mean, I don't know that you could go any farther than what you do, you know, in terms of not assuming and in terms of making sure that everyone has all the little pieces in place, very clear. So, and you've been through also, uh, Alex, the pushback and the, the results that eventually come to those who really continue to learn and apply skillfully, because the way you apply it is super important. I mean, you can 
have all the principles, but if you suck at applying it, it's not going to work. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's so true that the, the, the devil is in the detail. And so, and I guess, you know, the application does go with the knowledge because when you know better, you apply better. So yeah. you, but yeah. I mean, you've, you've seen so in, in a way you've, you've been through that process. And so I, you know, I'm sure that for Lucy, it's very useful to follow into your, your path. But what, what Lucy is articulating so well is the importance of small steps and seeing success. Mm-hmm. And when we get that, I mean, it's, that's, I want to say it's so achievable with the clicker training, with the structure of clicker training, with the structure of loopy training. You know, we keep adding, we keep adding more, you know, um, conceptual layers to it. You know, the the constructional training piece, the loop structure of loopy training. You know, but we get down to the nitty gritty procedure of we're going to mark your success. We're going to we're going to say yes. And we're going to keep saying yes. And we're going to make it clear that we're saying yes by reinforcing you with, for that yes. And you're, we're going to experience the success over and over and over again. We're going to become addicted to success. That, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> it's a good addiction to have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're going to give you, we're going to give you the means for continuing to be successful. So you don't have to be like a junkie who's who's not able to to find their the next you know cache of drugs to satisfy their yearning for for the next bit of uh, of success. You know we're going to give you the means for creating your own success. That's mm-hmm. what you're giving your students. And 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 helping them realize that it doesn't have anything to do with like their IQ or what they believed they were before this, or, you know, their inherent, like, am I good? Am I bad? Am I worthwhile? Everybody is capable of learning when, when we're, when we're talking about what, you know, that, that sequence you were just describing is that we'll find that tiniest little success. We'll mark it, we'll make it totally salient and obvious that you had the success and then we'll make you want more. <laughs> and then you discover that it's not, it's not about any particular, like, Oh, I'm really good at math. It's not even, we'll make you want more. It's that yeah. you, will, you will, you will discover yeah. that, that you want more. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it is in your control you the individual. It's very exciting. Yeah. So we definitely will, we will definitely have you report back next year when we get to the halfway mark in the school year. We'll have another of these conversations. I like, I love having that as a, a, you know, future moment to think about and, and wonder, you know, what extraordinary things (laughs) may happen and it's exciting yeah a time to a time to reflect and share and uh this was this year's natural experiment and and this is how it's unfolding and it's you know there's no doubt in my mind that because we've seen it so often that you're going to tell us great things admit there's no other way (laughs) you know 
<laughs> yeah, it's you just keep going. And I think that's another thing that's really amazing about this is that, you know, in a sort of aversive or pathological model, it's always like, oh, what will happen? What will I do? And in this model, it's just, just keep coming back to that. You know, so as long as I'm working with kids and in an environment, we just keep coming back to our basic principles. But you said too that you you teach them that you know it's like when you're trying to uh, to develop a good habit. You know, if you eat an ice cream sandwich one day, doesn't mean it's it's over. You know, I mean, it's you yeah. you just you, yeah yeah you exactly. may have had a setback, but you know it's, it's just you just go on, yeah. And that's, that's part of the skills I'm sure you're, you're teaching your kids that, you know, it doesn't, okay, maybe one day you didn't show up. You show up t tomorrow. Yeah, but because they have, you know, agency. And like Alex was saying, they learn that because you want this and because you now have skills to get this thing, you're creating it. So like you said, if there's a, a little, if there's a blip or there's a, a new element added into the scenario for them, they get to have, you know, some control over their own lives and their own trajectory. They get to have some agency and discover their own power. If, if a teacher gives a particularly hard test that week or is having a week where, they're, where the teacher's <laughs> being a grump because, you know, somebody at home is sick or, you know, whatever, and they see their points drop a little bit, which I'm sure can happen. It's not the end of yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they learn what's theirs to affect change yes. to and what's not. Yeah. They learn they learn about environment indirectly, you know, in some ways. Well, you got me thinking maybe I should teach more directly about environment. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Well, we talk about it actually. I talk to them about environments, you know, in this environment, this is what's happening. In another environment, something else might yeah. be happening. Yeah. So neat. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I, we have we have talked a very long time this afternoon. <laughs> so I think we should probably say we'll talk again in December. I can't yep. wait. Looking forward to right. it. Yeah. Till yeah. then. Thank you. <laughs> well, go go go, Lucy. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. I will. <laughs> All right. Everybody have yes. a good day. What Thank a great you. conversation. <laughs> was indeed a fabulous conversation. This is one that truly needs to be shared. If you have friends with children who are learning to hate school, do please pass this conversation on to them. We all need to remember that learning can be fun. And speaking of fun, let me remind you that over Labor Day weekend, we are going to hold our online dressage camp. The dates are September 2 through 5, 2022. I gave a detailed description of dressage camp at the end of the previous two episodes, so I won't say that much more about it here, except to add in that in addition to Michaela Hempen and the Feldenkrais practitioner Anita Snay, our special guest is Anya Baron. This is going to be an exciting, one-of-a-kind event. The focus is on balance. You'll be sharpening your eye, adding greater awareness to your kinesthetic sense, and really coming to a deeper understanding of what good balance means and why it's so important. If you want to learn more about Dressage Camp, do please visit my website, theclickercenter.com. You can register for Dressage Camp there, 
And if you have any questions about the event, you can always email me. I hope you'll join us. And next time, our guest is going to be Dr. Claire St. Peter, and we're going to have another just really, truly fabulous conversation. So in the meantime, train well and have fun.